Today, we are going to go over the backstory of Akaza, Upper Moon 3, and he is my favorite character in Demon Slayer. Not just my favorite villain, favorite character. So, Upper Moon 3, Akaza, he has one of the most heartbreaking backstories. Probably the most depressing out of every Upper Moon backstory. Akaza's name when he was a human was Hakuji, so keep that in mind, because I'm going to be using it a lot. And he was born a few centuries earlier from where we are at currently in Demon Slayer. Centuries. That's a hundred. So, centuries, once again, plural. <laughs> I don't know why I make myself laugh all the time. Him and his father were very poor and didn't have much money at all. Hakuji's father was also very sick, and they couldn't afford the medicine that he needed. So Hakuji would steal or pit pocket in order to buy medicine for his father. And keep in mind, this was at the age of 11. He got caught stealing multiple times, and with his latest arrest, the magistrate had him marked with tattoos. Which is why he has so many on him as a demon, which makes sense now stating that he is a criminal and a repeat offender. So the next time he's caught, they will know it's the same person they've been constantly catching. They also told and warned Hakuji that the next time they catch him, that his punishment will be losing his hand. Yes, back in the day, that is what they did to thieves. As bad as it sounded, it most likely got the job done. As word gets around, it eventually gets to his father. Ashamed by what his son had to do in order to take care of him, his sick father, he ends up taking his own life by himself to relieve the burden onto his son, so he doesn't have to steal again for his sake. Hakuchi's father did write him a letter saying he didn't want him to get medicine in an illegal way and didn't want him ruining his life from stealing. Hoping that his son would stop heading down the wrong path, he apologized for being a burden and that now he is free of that responsibility and can live an honest life without having to steal anything anymore. As Hakuji heads back home, not knowing what his father had done, a villager comes up to him and says what happened and that his father took his own life. He reads the letter from his father, and after Hakuji reads it, then sees his father hanging there, that made him furious. His father shouldn't have taken his own life, and Hakuji was so upset since his father didn't do anything wrong. Hakuji blamed society and the world for making them poor, and his father had no reason to apologize for that. So now... Hakuji is a marked criminal, and he has no home to return to. He ends up getting banished from his hometown, Ito, which today is Tokyo. Completely damaged by his father's passing, all Hakuji sees is red and starts lashing out at people and just about anybody, fighting them with his bare fists and beating the crap out of them. He blames everyone in the world for his father taking his own life, which is understandable, so you do feel bad for Akaza during that time period. Throughout this time of his life fighting, Hakuji started to learn and get better as he fought with his fists. Even though he wasn't properly trained, he gotten so good at fighting that at that point, he beat up seven adults without using a weapon, just his bare fists. Pretty badass, don't you think? 
because I think it was. After that one verse seven fight, he was approached by a martial arts master named Kaizo. He complimented Hakuji on his fighting skills and saw the potential in him. Kaizo asked Hakuji if he would like to train under him and become his student. This only infuriated Hakuji and he attacks Kaizo, but he put Hakuji down so quickly, just hit him with a prime Mike Tyson knockout. So yeah, he, he knocked Hakuji out in one shot. So now we're moving on to the next part of Akaza's backstory. So if you thought the first part was bad, just wait because it gets even worse. I'm telling you, he has one of the most screwed up backstories. Definitely the, the worst out of all the Upper Moon. So Hakuji now is waking up in this teacher's dojo. Kaizo explains who he is and that he taught a bare-fisted fighting style, which is called, sorry if I butcher it, I think it's Soru. I could be wrong now. But he didn't have any students currently. He also asked if he can look after his sick daughter while he goes to work since he doesn't make money from his dojo having no students. Geez, there's so many sick people from this time period in Japan, which I believe is pretty accurate. Hakuji is baffled by this, wondering why a stranger would leave his sick daughter with a criminal. Both Kaizo knew Akaza was a criminal from Ido, and Akaza knew that Kaizo knew because of his tattoos. So why would someone trust a random stranger and criminal with their daughter. Hakuji did question this to Kaizo, and his response was, it's okay since I beat the crap out of you not too long ago, so it does seem like Kaizo tries to see the good in people no matter their past. Kind of reminds me of another character. Wait, wait, wait. It's time for a fun factory. Did you know that Tanjiro reminds Akaza of his teacher, Kaizo. And as I just said, Kaizo seeing the good in people, no matter how bad their past is, Tanjiro is the same way. Kaizo now takes Hakuji to meet his daughter, not too long after he starts taking care of her. And her name is Kuyuki. She reminded him of his father in a way because she was always apologizing a lot and from being sick, she was extremely week. Akaza had to help her change her clothes and carry her to places like the bathroom. And all of it was similar to how he used to take care of his father. With him and Koyuki spending a lot of time together, you can see they were developing feelings for one another. So as some years go by, Hakuji is now 18 years old and Koyuki is now 16 years old. So Koyuki always used to be bedridden, but over time she started walking on her own and her life was slowly getting better. Hakuji was also the one that motivated her to get better without knowing it. One night, she told Hakuji to leave her and enjoy the fireworks because there was a fireworks show going on. He said that one year, you'll be able to go with me to see the fireworks. This did make Koyuki cry, but that is what motivated her to get better thanks to Hakuji's words. So as time goes by, one day Kaizo asks Hakuji if he would be his successor and take over the dojo and if he would take his daughter's hand in marriage. This caught Akaza completely off guard, questioning himself, do I deserve this for being a criminal? But this was the kind of life his father always wanted him to have. Hakuji would give anything and his life for both his wife 
and teacher. From that day on, he was going to protect both of them, no matter what. Things are starting to look positive for Hakuji since he first met both Kaizo and his daughter, Koyuki. One day, Hakuji went to visit his father's grave with such excitement to tell him that he's getting married. And that life has been great. But meanwhile, the rival dojo next door, who wanted to beat Kaizo and Hakuji and take over their dojo because they never could beat them. Both Kaizo and Hakuji would always beat them in, in fights. So the sore loser rival dojo ended up poisoning their drinking well. Both Kaizo and Koyuki, not knowing this, drank from the well, succumbing to the poison and passing away. When Hakuji returned home, he found out what happened, and this just made him snap. He lost it. He was always too late to protect the people he loved. So now blinded by rage, he heads over to the rival dojo. FYI, this is probably my favorite part to the backstory. As he approaches their dojo, he goes all out Donnie Yen style, like from the movie Legend of Chen Zen. And I'm talking about that very last fight scene. And if you've seen that movie, then you know what I'm talking about. And pictures and stuff should be popping up as well. But it is a badass scene. Hakuji attacked every member in that dojo, and he killed all 67 with his bare hands. Think about that. It was so brutal and violent with how mangled their bodies were that it was reported that a demon killed them. Hakuji beat them so badly that most of their bodies could not be recognized with body parts everywhere, faces smashed, and everything. One maid did survive and witness all of this, but after witnessing the gruesome slaying of these 67 people, she lost her mind. Like Casca from Berserk, getting so traumatized, you just lose it. So Muzan hears these reports of a gruesome scene and needs to find out for himself who or what caused this. Getting there and finding out a weak human cost this massacre was disappointing for Muzan. But just like Kaizo, Muzan saw potential in Hakuji, but a different type of potential. He approaches Hakuji, or should we say, Akaza now. He does offer Hakuji to become a demon. He does not respond, nor does he accept or deny the terms Muzan offered him. He pretty much just said he, he didn't care anymore. But he does attempt to attack Muzan, being easily overpowered because it's the Demon King. No way he was going to beat him. Muzan then forces his blood into Akaza, and this is when Akaza is born and turned into a demon. So the worst parts of Akaza's backstory have passed, but it's still not over. This is where it gets really really sad. So now Akaza is a demon, but he loses all memories, but knows all he wants to do is get stronger and stronger. And the reason why he wants to get stronger is to protect the ones he loves. But as we know, once you turn into a demon, you lose your human memories. So Akaza doesn't know why he wants to get stronger. He just knows that he needs and wants to become stronger. Like, how sad is that? Now knowing the reason why he wants to get stronger, it's just heartbreaking. 
If you don't know Akaza's backstory, you just think he's a basic type of villain who just wants to get more powerful, and as viewers, who are currently only caught up in the anime, don't know this about Akaza, unless you just watch this video. But the reason why he does want to get more powerful is so humble and profound. Kind of like Itachi from Naruto, he always thought he was bad or evil for killing his parents and entire clan, which is what Sasuke is left to believe along with you as a viewer, but there's so much more to that story. It's just the tip of the iceberg. Very similar with Akaza here. So yes, this is definitely the saddest Upper Moon backstory. You feel so bad for Akaza. It was one thing after another, but let's end it on a positive note with some more fun factors about Akaza. So did you know that Akaza is one of Muzan's favorite demons? It's because of his loyalty and serious demeanor. Which, after the Mugen train arc, doesn't seem like he was one of your favorites. But he was pretty much uh, scolding him <laughs> for not killing every demon slayer on the Mugen train. Akaza also refuses to eat women, which makes a lot of sense after you learn his backstory. Another fun factoru, Akaza has stated to Rengoku himself that he has killed numerous Hashira and that he has killed so many he has lost count. That's pretty dark. But when Akaza does find a worthy opponent, probably mainly Hashira, he will offer them if they want to become a demon. All of them have declined, which is why he ends up killing them. And the last fun factoru's Oh man, check this out. Alright, so Akaza is over 300 years old, and a lot of his techniques he uses when he fights are named after fireworks. Once again, that is so heartbreaking, but it's also so... It's like his conscience is trying to tell him, but as a demon, you can't... You forget your human memories, but his conscience definitely did not forget. But anyway, that is the backstory of Upper Moon 3 Akaza. Hope you all enjoyed it. Let me know your thoughts and opinions about his backstory in the comments below. Like I said, I think he has probably just one of the worst backstories in Demon Slayer, period. He, he really, he didn't just go through one traumatic experience. He went through a number of them. And even other Upper Moon and Hashira have not experienced stuff like that. So Akasa really isn't bad. Just when you turn into a demon, Muzan, it's like his blood and he manipulates you to become more evil, which is why Akasa is evil in Upper Moon 3. But he, he really... At heart, and deep down, he really isn't a bad guy, which, like I said, makes this story even more heart-wrenching. You know what I mean? It's just like, God, you feel so bad for him. After this backstory and learning about Akaza, he is now my favorite character from Demon Slayer. He has one of the best backs... He, he has one of the best, or the best story in Demon Slayer. Really does. I love his backstory, and I know a lot of people do as well. But anyway, thanks for watching. And don't forget, I will catch you on the next episode of Daredevil 19. And if you did like the video, feel free to give it a thumbs up. That really does help out the channel a lot. Same with commenting. And if you enjoy the content, don't forget to hit that subscribe scribe button as well. But I will also see you guys later.